Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Welcome to To Boldly Watch. ASMR edition. We're right here. We're right behind you. That's correct. If you're watching this video in VR, Becca is in your blind spot. Wait, Becca who? Becca Noonien Song. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's brothers. (laughs) We get a visit from Dr. Noonien Song because in this episode of Star Trek, uh, Commander Data aborts an emergency mission and hijacks the Enterprise Mm. in response to a homing command from his father? Technically, we visit him. He doesn't pop in for a visit. He sort of makes us come to him. (laughs) Pops into the episode, but yes. That's it. (sighs) Boy, if only I could make everybody come to me like that. (laughs) And I'm Xander Genere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Becca Scott. There it is. (laughs) And I'm Jake Michaels. (laughs) (laughs) This is To Boldly Watch. It's a show about Star Trek, specifically The Next Generation, where we watch episodes from the classic TV show and talk about it right here with our friends. This show is brought to you by Good Time Society. We're a production studio creating nerdy content about new games and tabletop RPGs. This show is also brought to you by you. That's right. Patreon is a great way to support the show for any and all the Good Time Society content you enjoy. Patrons receive benefits like early podcast access and exclusive patron-only talkback episodes. If you can't commit to becoming a patron right now, no problem. You can help us out by following us on social media at Good Time Society or by joining the Discord. Links to those are in the show notes below. All right. Let's talk about brothers. Uh, Yeah, this was great. I think that um, we've seen the shift for this season from it's like adventures of my office in space to we've got families and we've got family situations in space. Uh, (laughs) And for me personally, I think this was really when uh, Star Trek The Next Generation was like at its popular like height in the zeitgeist to where we could sit down as a family and like watch this during dinner. And that was, that was the thing to do is when Star Trek came out. Yeah. They had established so much of the characters already. Now we could actually go and explore them more. This is the third episode with family issues. And like the previous right? one literally named family. Yeah. Uh, had a ton of coverage of other family issues. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. And Wait, are you trusting- saying that the Borg episode part two was family <laughs> issues related? <laughs> well, well, I just say uh you're right this is the second one the next episode i guess is also a family we can't talk about that that's in the future (laughs) we can only move forward as humans we just see into the past uh we can only see the past not the future the collective could be a family resistance is futile Mm. see okay yeah Okay. It's about getting out of the cult that your family's in. Oh, that's, wow. That's what boy. Picard was involved in. <laughs> sure. Boy, oh, yeah. boy. Well, so is cybernetics, and so is that thing in the future. Yeah. <laughs> hey, quick question. Yeah. 
Do you guys think it would have been really funny if Willie didn't eat some poison berries after running away? A plum. That uh, <laughs> uh, I think Jake's practical joke of having a balloon full of red dye and pretending that the laser pistol killed him, mm. hilarious. Plus, <laughs> that's not how a laser pistol works, duh. You wouldn't duh. see the blood. It's instant cauterizing. Yeah. Oh, so right? Willie's such an idiot nine-year-old Stupid that looks like Willie. a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Willie feels like Willie Potts is the name of a blues singer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like this episode opens with poor Jake Potts going to the principal's office and being told that let's because his parents are on sabbatical, right? So there are That's no right. parents for them. Rikers, to be like the substitute daddy, <laughs> he didn't do a very good job being substitute all. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> he does call himself daddy and asks other people to, but not right. in the right context. No. Hey, wait else. a minute. Riker isn't horning on Maine this season. Not yet. Well, I'm there's lamenting. again, we're on a lot of family episodes. We haven't had and time And he's had yet. a lot of stress. He he opened the season as the captain of the Enterprise. So yeah. he's got It's some... been three episodes, Becca. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay, I'm just telling you what I like, and that's <laughs> Riker horny on Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think that this this uh, brings up sort of even if you are a perfect ship in space with the perfect society, kids are going to mess it up. <laughs> kids messy. are going to bring drama. Yeah, kids are going to do things that are out of like their understanding that are hurtful to either each other or, you know, society at large. Yeah. Right. But we do agree that Willie needs to lighten up. I mean, Willie he's never done a prank. Up. He's right. never once done a prank because he's never even he heard of April. Shot your sibling? <laughs> yeah. Well, what was he shooting it with a laser pistol in the first place, anyway? Yeah. If he hates Joy. And did you did you see the subtle prank that he put in that Jake was like, "Oh yeah, I planted the seed in his mind because I told him his laser pistol looked a little funny, like it was a real one." And I was like, "That's that just good storytelling." Yeah, right. That was some immersion. I can't believe you two are both defending the bully in this situation. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jake. Have I told you nothing about teenage Becca? <laughs> she was a regular Jake Potts. Uh, yeah. The Jake Pottiest. <laughs> so but my question is how long did jake pretend to be dead that willie was able to like run off or maybe he got lost or whatever that was so hungry that he then ate some diseased plum That's that had true. a parasite in it it was like this Com is my life now i've killed my brother <laughs> commitment to the bit you gotta commit to the bit and jake did it yeah, Jake was there for hours. <laughs> <laughs> the sun's rising, the sun falls. Jesus. Jake's just being. How so many sad. seconds passed between the fake death <laughs> yeah. of a balloon popping, Willie looking at his brother's red covered body and on it was the ground? too, so it was like. <laughs> uh, like two seconds before he just dashed off running and his brother sat up and was like wait Willie wait, <laughs> wait Willie or yeah uh, or did he stand there for a long time wondering what to do wow, starting to dig a hole sad. realizing his little hands were too small no no I don't want to think about this anymore let's move on <laughs> so Riker says you need to go make your brother feel better that's what you're going to do and so he sends him on down to sickbay and I believe has Data take him right and while they're 
on the way in the, in the turbo, turbo lift. lift. Yeah. Data just twitches and suddenly starts kind of looking into space and ignoring Jake entirely. And Jake starts asking him what's wrong. Hey, dude, don't give me the silent treatment just because you're <laughs> mad at me. He, Come on. It's totally this human kid thing of like jumping to these conclusions and trying to defend each one. It, these are great little kid actors. Like, yeah, they nailed this. Yeah. Both of them. Well, we didn't say the fact that um, it's very important that they get to this star base for medical treatment because the kid who ate the poison plum um, has to be in quarantine until they get him to a bigger med bay because even though Dr. Crusher can do absolutely everything, she doesn't have a poison antidote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's one of those things. You just got to go to a star base for some reason. So we're well, on a bit of a ticking clock, right? Well, I mean, we're super close by. I mean, it'll just be a quick popover. What could possibly go wrong? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Data gets on the bridge and quietly goes to his station. Still, yeah, doing this head jerk thing. <laughs> no one suspects a thing. They're like, oh, Data has a new quirk. <laughs> what an interesting, like, uh, Brent Spiner, obviously, we're going to talk about him a lot today. Yeah. But, like, this this choice of, like, taking the signals and acting a little sporadically felt less than subtle to me. Chef's but I did kiss, though. I loved oh, yeah. it. It was playing for the back seats. It's TV. Yeah. Yeah, it's me. playing for the back seats. I love that phrase. I think it was subtle and uh, maybe not. I'm not subtle, so it's hard for me to recognize what that Spill would be. Spill it out for me. I do love all the choices that he doesn't respond to anybody, right? Yeah. And nobody really realizes what's going on until it's too late. Except Data loves to talk so right. much. <laughs> and explain right. things to the humans. Yeah, true. But then all of a sudden there is an emergency situation because nobody can think to suspect data at the console. Wes is just like, what's going on? And when it happens so fast, right? Yeah. So data sits down at his console and uh, Picard is talking to Jordy over the um, intercom. And suddenly Jordy says, wait, you can't go to warp nine. I didn't say we should do that. And then everybody just realizes you have the... to warp slowly, which has never yeah. been a thing before. But from now on, no, yeah. we're going to go from 7.2. And to get to eight, we need to wait at least an hour before swimming or else we'll get sick. There was a, like a techno babble explanation that I was trying to follow. They were in the midst of some repairs. And so Jordy was like, we finished with this recalibration. I can get you up to like warp seven or whatever. You're good to go. And then all of a sudden the ship goes to warp nine. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We can't quit go that fast. Not for like yeah. another hour because we're still working on the engine type of thing. Uh, oh, OK. This is just like what happened to my Nespresso. <laughs> what? <laughs> it, it broke, and we had to oh. do some calibration repairs, but you can't go sure. right to warp nine. You put too many pods inside of it? You wouldn't believe how many Nespresso pods I go through. <laughs> I, I think I would believe it, actually. Impulse Americano or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just making it relatable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The crew rapidly realizes that something is taking them off course at high speed. And so before they can figure out who's doing it, the life support in deck one starts failing. And there's an evacuation order that is automated. And so that's a great count. That's a great idea for uh, rogue data here. Yeah. It's just, oh, well, I'll make everybody that needs to breathe leave, yep. which is everyone but him. <laughs> yeah. But he's standing there as Picard looks at him and is like, ah, no. right. You don't need to breathe. Right. Goodbye. 
Yeah. Well, uh, I couldn't tell if he was like trying to fake going to the turbo lift that was behind That's what from I where the camera's position too. was, and they were nodding like Riker like, and Picard there. nodded too. Like we're all gonna meet in engineering, yeah. and and Data gives the proverbial thumbs up with his eyes, and then doesn't. Leave. I've never seen anybody go in and out of a turbo lift on that side of the screen. There is one I, over there. Uh, it's like rare. The that we service see it. turbo lift. I, I actually I don't know if we have actually. Seen there's it also yet like because... a bathroom over there, isn't there? Right. They well, don't show bathrooms entrances. in television. <laughs> Just talking from a set design standpoint, there are a couple of like stage entrances over on the left side there. One of which, yeah, I think is canon that it's a bathroom, stage. but never really gets mentioned in the show that way. Yeah, it is stage right, camera left, right? And so same goes with that turbo lift, which I don't, I think we will see it later. I think when Q appeared, That's... we did see in the uh-huh. background and stuff. Yep. Any bridge drama where an alien's strolling around monologuing, I bet we did see I bet it. nobody uses that bathroom, though, because if you stink it up, the whole bridge Everyone has to knows. smell it. <laughs> They'll know for a while. Yeah. Like, don't go in there. Data, was this you? Life support starts failing on the yeah. bridge. <laughs> um, oh, one of the things I did want to comment on was I liked how calm and efficient everyone was because, like, emergencies are a regular thing on a starship and they have all these procedures. No one's panicking. Like, weird things are happening and it's all in red alert and the life support's going away, but they're calmly following procedure. And that, it was just nice That's to see. That's a really good point. They didn't waste time trying to, like, override or anything right. like that. Like, okay, we have 30 seconds to get out or else we will die and this place decompresses or something who knows and this just goes to show like how dangerous data truly is also Yuck. remember that time Yuck. that he got stuck in a finger trap just yeah. To bring it up. <laughs> yeah also super strength super strength yeah except for finger traps right so Deck one is where everyone had to evacuate for life support reasons. Obviously the bridge is on deck one because it's the most important deck so you number it one. Then why, in terms of security alpha priorities, is two the highest level? (laughs) I think the deck is one because it's literally the highest, like, and the ship. Because, like, if you look at it vertically, it's it's on the the middle of the saucer of the ship is where the bridge is. So I think that's deck one. And then then it goes alpha. I don't remember it. I remember alpha. Why is the most high security two? Why? <laughs> Zoom Zoom muted you because of how much <laughs> how loud I'm sorry. you were. No. <laughs> I thought I had a compressor that helped with this. What what's your complaint? Is that two is is lower than one, therefore you don't understand the hierarchy? Look, we're gonna get into some security clearance situations <laughs> where oh, data is alpha one level security clearance. Yeah. Picard is the only level two security clearance. Sure. That that was the scriptwriters needed something higher to go, and they just went in that direction. I think. I'm I'm saying I have a personal preference that the highest level security be one, and I'm but very. But then, upset. where do you go above that? You go lower with two. <laughs> you go lower while saying it should be higher. Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody agrees. <laughs> Nobody. It's fine. I understand. Actually, no, I do understand. Like one being priority. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to like security alerts, I can't remember. Is DEFCON 1 the highest? Yeah, it is. Nuclear war is imminent. So you're right. One should be the highest, right? Thank you. Um, But that's like red alert, I guess, is that comparison. But I remember the alpha and like beta is the, I think, the levels, whereas maybe one and two is for different subsystems or security clearances. 
I'm sure someone has written an article about this, and I'm not caring to Maybe. find it. But I, if I do, I'll let you know. Thank One you. <laughs> I did want to bring up, like, sort of along these lines for production-wise, if you were pro- producing this scene and uh, Brent Spiner, the actor, had to sit there and read out, like, a sequence, do you think that you would just be like, go ahead, say some numbers, throw in some dialogue? No. Or do you think, here it is exactly, memorize this? Or do you think, put this on a teleprompter and let him just do it? He memorized that. He, uh, he either memorized it, which I'm pretty confident he did, or the teleprompter was far enough away you couldn't see his eyes moved. Because I watched yeah, his eyes. Yeah, I was like, is yeah. he reading it? And he's not. And yeah. I love that choice because they were so close on him. And they stayed through the whole take. And his mouth is matching it very well. So that I'm pretty sure that recording of uh, Patrick Stewart is broken up into numbers and then re-edited. Because so, you can't say that in one breath. Well, right. hold on. You haven't ta- said what oh, you're right. talking Sorry. about for the people who watch Ugh. this podcast without <laughs> having ever seen the show. you got to yeah. watch the show. What are you no, doing? You no, 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 no. You it's don't. I don't want to cater to you people. <laughs> we'll, it's fine. We'll cater. We'll, we're a replicator. So a lot of things happen when Data's the only one on the bridge, one of which is uh, we're kind of skipping ahead because he has to yeah, emulate right. Picard's voice in order to change this security, um, security code setting, which wasn't there before. He didn't even Picard didn't have two factor authentication uh, enabled right. on his alpha security, it, just his voice. So uh, Data emulates the voice and says, okay. "Hey, only let." Picard back in or anybody back into Alpha 2 if they say this code 1172 Alpha Beta uh, 79654 for a, a long sevens. time for a long time a lot of sevens it's a lot of it's a longer syllable uh, number so also strange I would choice. have just let him go at it and then do the ADR dub over afterwards of of Patrick Stewart or or the numbers. It's honestly probably harder to improvise random numbers than it is to memorize what is essentially a song, right? Like if, if he gave it a cadence in his head or he listened, honestly, he listened to the Picard tape. F- That's ten, true. 30 times. Because uh, I was watching. He's not he's probably not breathing uh, like he's not saying the words out loud. He's mouthing them so he can breathe. They probably I, played it like a music video with the Picard sound on the stage. I would imagine it was something uh, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the I ticket. actually copied. Uh, let me get, let me give you guys a link. I copied the uh, code. I want to see if you can try and say it in one breath. It's so hard. I tried doing it. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing I'd like to try more. Yeah. And, oh, here we go. Memorable quotes. I tried okay. doing it. I can't do the whole thing. It's very tough. But again, I think he didn't do it in one breath. I think he's breathing and not speaking. Still. I could try it. Yeah. One seven three four six seven three two one four seven six Charlie three two seven eight nine seven 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 six four three Tango seven three two Victor seven three one one seven eight 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 seven three two four seven six seven eight nine seven six four three seven six lock. Yeah. I will not be trying. Holy cow. After that. Insane. Wow. Was there inward breathing in there that I didn't notice? Yeah, circular breathing. I know you have a lot of talents, but this may very well be the most impressive. Just breath control. Just put on your resume. I can can repeat long strings of numbers without taking a breath. 
that's just singing. <laughs> but, I mean, like, honestly, but you really nailed that. Like, you didn't have to to even hide. Like, you hit it so well. That was so uh, great. Anyway, uh, also, Becca, while I was looking this up, uh, I did find literally there is an article on Memory Alpha simply titled "Security Clearance." I will link it for <gasps> you. Please tell me more. Well, uh, it I can't does, read. <laughs> it does actually show security clearance levels for different like factions, including, I guess. Starfleet. Level one is allowed access to station's personnel and off- official logs and access to weapons locker for Starfleet personnel. These are both references to Deep Space Nine. So this feels mm. a little incomplete. Or maybe retroactively adding explanations for technology. Scroll down. It just says personal clearance levels. Alpha right. one is Data. Alpha two is Jean-Luc Picard. Right. Level one is Miles O'Brien. Level three is Crusher, Harry Kim. <laughs> okay. Uh, level four is Worf. Level for alpha a bunch of characters oh, we that's don't all remember from Enterprise. yeah see i i think i think this is an article trying to explain the jargon that doesn't yeah. have a system yeah oh because, uh, but data also has priority three clearance yeah sure this is does. all bullshit it's all just ooh, ooh you called it all out <laughs> i mean I as mean, a lover of what they're doing like i don't yeah, yeah. you don't need to flesh that out for us to totally. understand it yeah yeah uh should have been that big show bible though Yes, the show, there's, you're right. For so many details they do go into throughout so much of this, I do agree. They probably could have made a pretty simple system. You're right. But they, it was all just like, I dare you. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you. They just needed to go like, it's alpha one. No, I'm clearance alpha two or I'm omega three or whatever. <laughs> I'm a fatty yeah. acid. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty more fish. Yeah. So uh, what's happening with this uh, baby that needs to stay in his tank? No, he's not even that important. So Data takes over the ship, essentially. There's a little bit of back and forth and a little bit of... uh, This episode actually went shockingly fast. I was, like, shocked when it was over how quick it went. Yeah, a lot to it that was woven together very well. And there's, like, no technical action, but I was, like, on the edge of my seat for a lot of what was going on. Um, Yeah. Including this part where the the rest of the crew is down in engineering. They figured out, okay, Data's hijacked the ship and he's overridden security clearances let's try and saucer separate and that's what leads data to do this elaborate uh insanely long code that is nigh unbreakable right uh and so there uh he overrides that he forces them to go to a planet and he trans he has to transport off but he needs to do it from a transporter room because they one of their other tactics was to have O'Brien disable site to site transport, meaning anywhere free willy transportation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is also goes to show that perhaps Picard has thought of a situation like this. You know, as much as we would like to trust data, this shows like. Picard jumping into action and uh, thinking about things even before Data thinks about them, which is remarkable. Another order he gave was for Riker and Worf to try and get in to the the, um, bridge through the floor. And climb up through the walls. Some very good comedy moments with that, like, (laughs) off-screen. So I I was like, why are they doing this off-screen? I was like, did they not have a budget to do the force field bit? So they just were, like, hollowed voices in these tubes. And I was like, okay, there is actually a comedy to that. So I guess I do see it. But (laughs) I really feel it might have been a budget problem. It's like, we don't have a Jeffrey's tube shot today. Let's just do it from the ladder. Okay. Sure, boss. Sure. Yeah, so Data successfully locks him out of things, but then he decides, well, okay, I need to get down to the transporter room because I can't override this, so I'm going to do what he calls cascading force fields, where they follow him 
all the way. And uh, yeah, I love not only the cool ideas, but he's already got it all planned out. There's no yeah. thinking time with Data, which of course yeah. that makes total sense. And it shows how much the ship is just an extension of him too. Yeah. He controls it at will, not issuing voice commands like any other person on the ship. So a uh, series of security officers played by stunt people get to run into fake yeah. walls, which is always my favorite bit for actors. It's like, okay, there's nothing here, but I need you to hit your face on this, okay? Yeah. And then hit your face, same place, same time. <laughs> you hit it so hard, you fall on your back, and Hell people yeah. need to check on you, right? <laughs> And we learn uh, an important piece of information about force fields and phasers, both by Worf and O'Brien saying, like, don't shoot it close up. You're going to regret it. It's going to yeah. ricochet. There it's was a mention bad. of ricochet, which seems a little crazy for a non-ballistic weapon, but I guess. That's how lasers work, Jake. That's how lasers work. <laughs> that is how lasers work. Let's put it on the back of the Taboldi Watch t-shirt. There it is. Uh, <laughs> and the ratio is one to one for matter and antimatter. Our icon is just a finger trap. <laughs> <laughs> and Data caught in it and being like, I am very strong. <laughs> oh, the, uh, speaking I'm of Data, I, I forgot to mention his uh, his lockout combination uh, would require uh, trying combinations of 36 to the 52nd power. Equivalent, equivalent of cracking of cracking a 269-bit key in symmetric cryptography, which mm -hmm. is currently impossible to do, according to Memory Alpha. Well done, Data. So well done, Data. Wow. Or was it well done soon? Because we soon find out that all of this was like an activation that was baked into him. Yeah. So was all of this Data thinking? Was it the computer thinking? Was it soon? We kind of get into that, don't and we? And we kind about... of don't. We kind we of don't, don't learn very much about how this whole situation happened. That's true. And could it happen again? Who knows? It is a very scratch the surface episode, which is what I guess there's another reason why I was surprised it went so fast. I was like, holy cow, so much happened that I thought this was only 20 minutes and I realized it was 47 and the episode was over. It's because mm. we actually didn't get some of that resolution. You're right. right. Yeah. I hear and, that. And uh, we, we breezed over it. But the kids do add stakes and sort of a contrast to some things that we'll get into. But it, it does add this pressure because if we didn't have to get somewhere within the time limit, Data took over the ship. Okay, yep. let's see where this goes. Let's yep. just, oh, what a scamp. Let's yeah. go find out. But we've got this constant and great, great scenes with Crusher. Uh, being a doctor and and getting that in as well, having a little bedside um, manner. Yeah, yeah, it's very really sweet. fleshing out her character. So the kid is in like um, a plastic playpen right. that she can put her hands into and touch him, but she her hands have to go through a force field, which I assume. It, like washes her hands too. Contamin you know, it just yeah. zaps away all the contaminants. Um, right. That's yeah. my interpretation of how that mm -hmm. works. Mm -hmm. All I can picture is the Simpsons where Homer works at the nuclear power plant where he would stand at the wall and put his hands through like gloves that yes! would then handle like the nuclear material and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And drop it. And drop it. But yeah. Very true. Love that. Yeah, Crusher tells the old story about the guy whose arms hurt when he raises them. And the doctor says, well, don't do that with your arms. And like this, this kid's like, well, can I not have this parasite inside me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Crusher's like, good. hey, kid, how about you shut up, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you drinking plenty of water. Right. Uh, <laughs> I do have something here uh, that I don't know if anybody else noticed, but at I have around 21 minutes and 10 seconds. Just I put this in all caps. There is a French braid mullet security officer, <laughs> and she is 
rocking it. What? She's right behind Worf. And she, like she's she's got her back to the camera, so you see this amazing French braid. Turns around, it's a mullet. It's incredible. <laughs> What's that time code again? Around twenty-one minutes and ten seconds. Got it. Give or take. This is on the Netflix watch through. Oh my goodness. That's not a is that a oh it is a mullet. You're right. When she turns around. Because you realize her front oh my gosh. Sorry, I was on a new episode we haven't watched yet, and um, I saw something really cool. Crusher gets sucked through a blue doorway, and now oh. I can't wait. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Crusher definitely is taking care of those kids. Uh, we have a great security mullet. I, I love this observation. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, and very importantly, Data beams down to this planet. Yes. And he enters a laboratory, right? Like I don't know if you noticed, but this is a science lab. It's filled <laughs> with science and sciencey things, like test. It's tubes. like a witch's hut <laughs> for sci-fi, but yeah. but not magic, not magic. He does kind of look like a witch, too. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, he looks like yeah. Like I, uh, can I? I can't lie. This is the most hideous makeup I've ever oh, seen in my life. Really? Oh, I love. I it thought so it was much. awful. Oh no! Uh, Miracle Max. That's what it looks it like. It does look like Miracle Billy Max. Billy Crystal's yeah. Miracle Max. Yeah. Princess Age Bride. makeup when you're trying to do it really heavy and on TV, it's a little tough. Also, this is a well-lit room, which is a foolish choice when you have this level of prosthetic in. You kind of need it yeah. to be a little more dim to hide some of the shadows and stuff. Well, and you want to hide that it's Brent Spiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah, bud. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. No! This whole episode. Okay, you know when you're a DM and then you have this amazing campaign with, like, fleshed out NPCs and then all of your players are like, okay, but let, let, let them talk. And you're like, okay, I have to play four different people in this one scene. That was Brent Spiner in this episode. Oh, my gosh, Oh, my Becca. God. Yes. I'm yes. so happy. I have a link uh, to the makeup uh, that Brent Spiner is getting uh, placed in. And actually, he had positive things to say about this makeup because he had to film this where he played a different character each day. I think they did it over yeah. three days. And so he was his his uh, photo doubles were saying the lines or someone was saying the lines, maybe the script supervisor. But like he hadn't said those lines yet. So they were saying lines for Brent Spiner that Brent Spiner had not even yet said and that he was queuing off his own performance. Do you think he cool. gave him a, a line reading? Of like, no, that's not how possible. No, you gotta say. It I like mean, this. I'm sure they did rehearsals, but like yeah, yeah, a one man yeah. rehearsal, so it's like right. everybody's gotta listen. I'm sure they were coordinating that as best they could. Lord knows they did with the Picard tape for the security code. So right. I'm sure a lot of that was done. Uh he said, let's see, when when filming, it was difficult because I had to hear dialogue that I hadn't read yet coming out of somebody else's mouth before I would get to it. I had to remember where I was when I was data and so on. So the, I mean a lot of those shots, including the one right here that, that's behind me are kind of crazy. Like you see his hand go up and touch data, right? Yeah. And I'm fairly uh, for those listeners, it's a close up oh, yeah, of Dr. Noonien Sung sort of caressing Commander Data. Right. And so that happens and I think the split is not like it's just him standing there and then a, that's a photo double's hand in the yeah. left shot going and touching his face. It's very clever. It's amazing. Yeah. I, it like, fooled me. Right? <laughs> And a bit of spoilers for later, but not only was he playing Data, Lore, and Sung, but he was also playing Lore playing Data. Like, there yeah. are so many layers yeah. to it. <laughs> plus, like, glitching Data on the Enterprise, plus feelings Data. Like, oh, so much. The most impressed I was with his performance was when Lore first enters. And yeah. when, when he does, you can tell it's 
it's a straight face. It's very frozen, like all androids are, right? But you can tell there's like a more malicious look to his frozen it's face. So subtle. It's I don't so know how good. he does that. Yeah. Like the 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 frozen data versus the frozen lore, you can tell the difference, and they are exactly yeah. the same. Like what they did, I think I might have mentioned this before too. But uh, Star Trek Lower Decks can't recommend it enough. <laughs> but they have a a gag in it where uh, through one circumstance or another, there's like a crate shipment crate of like data bubble baths, uh, <laughs> and they're like, we it's in the back room because there are a few lores mixed in, and there's a close up on it, and it's like a, a novelty bubble bath data, but some of them just have a tiny smirk in the face and you can tell which one is lore oh my goodness that's very smart that's probably what it was too yeah regarding the makeup too becca uh brent said let's see i think that straight on it looks better than a lot of the side angles and when he's moving and talking I, I agree with you that in the in the light you can see it too much. It looks like it looks like high school makeup at first. I kind of sure. agree well, with you. But interestingly, they built over his broadcast too. Y- yeah, that's also very true. Uh, they built up his cranium to make him seem sure. smarter, which is I thought was oh, funny. The first what? thing I did in creating Brent's makeup for Doctor Soon was build up his cranial structure to suggest that he had more brain cells than a normal that's human not being. How that works. <laughs> Well, uh, how would you know? Do you have the science lab with the test tubes? I yeah, think so. Yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, sorry. They my bad. gave him special contacts <laughs> to simulate cataracts, and they gave him an old-looking teeth that he had to put in there. Sure. Too. Yeah. Ooh. See, I would have started with the nose and the ears, like because that's what like continues to grow, like as you age or even like right. as your body it's, decays or whatever. It's the cheek folds that really don't feel real. I think it's those mm. that really stand out. Like. I think there are a lot of prosthetic technology things that have advanced nowadays that would have made it look way better. But for like preserving a way to traditionally do this, I think that's what Star Trek is kind of doing here uh, because it's very theatrical. All of this stuff is. It's like they let Patrick Stewart and Brent Spiner and uh, Gates McFadden as Crusher. They're leaning into their like theater backgrounds and they're bringing all of this to the table. Yeah. So true. This is this is so impressive for him to play three people for a large chunk of this episode against and himself. for no one to know yeah yeah <laughs> no one knew ever until right now but let's let's explain what's going on so we meet uh dr soon who uh beta doesn't immediately recognize but soon tells him he's like D- don't i look familiar he's like you bear resemblance to my uh creator but he died by the crystal entity which we'll remember from one of the very first episodes of tng yes right yeah great callback which is data lore yeah yeah yeah. And that's where we left off with Lore was that he was shot into space after also trying to hijack the Enterprise, maybe? I can't recall. They hate shooting people into space, but if you provoke <laughs> them, they will do They'll it. They'll do it. Uh, another call to uh, Lower Decks, but because we encounter them a lot, but uh, Lore apparently was discovered by the Packleds who were the sort of like dopey race that we had met earlier of aliens. I don't remember them. Uh, that's them. Uh, but they play a prominent part in Lower Decks as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just a fun little callback. <laughs> I love that. They, I think, do they do they come into TNG again, or are they just a one-shot from this that then they get a reference? I, I don't remember. Cool. Because I can't say for sure. <laughs> we don't quite find out why Soong has called him here at this point before Lore suddenly appears. And we realize that, oh, the same signal that Soong sent out to Data 
also went out to Lore because Soon didn't know Lore was alive. He thought he was disassembled still in this the shelf. This is awkward. Right? <laughs> I only invited my favorite son to watch me die, and you're not it. Not the other Ooh. son I left disassembled in the closet back on Ooh, the right planet. kind of forgot about you, yep. to be honest. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit of a, uh, like hint at this in the beginning or towards the beginning when they were like still, they get their sensors back up, but they can't access the bridge and they're like, oh, there's another ship that's coming into orbit. We don't know what it is. It's, there are no life signs aboard. And you're like, "Mm, we just dealt with something that has no life signs. Yeah. They're doing a good job of like layering the reveals in a lot of different ways and not giving you too much but like letting you know things are happening but you don't know what yet speaking of which too uh before we move on from it uh one of the callbacks to the very very first episode uh sung is going over like his tests with data like uh i wanted to get this right and he's like can you whistle for me and he does a terrible pop goes the weasel just like he does in the holodeck right. when Riker finds him for the first time. Because he can't whistle well. And yet he doesn't whistle well in this one either. It's like a weird, yeah. like, vented. <laughs> Dual tone. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't whistle either. So I relate to the struggle that he's going through. Oh. I would appreciate if you don't whistle in my presence. Sorry, can you me. rub your tummy and pat your head? Ooh, I can do that. And they said we never could. <laughs> I like that all the For complex the, uh, mechanisms of an android and some some skeptic was like, but. <laughs> For all you podcast listeners, we all did accomplish oh, the feat of really rubbing good. our tummies and patting our heads at the same time. Sure did. Uh, I mean, it's just like how Amazon robots can't grasp with their fingertips delicately. And that's why yeah. they still have to employ humans. For now. Yeah. For now. <laughs> But they can whistle, surprisingly. They can whistle. Oh, yeah, of course they can whistle. Uh, but then we get Brent Spiner coming in as lore, like you had mentioned. And I had wrote, written in my notes, if you just give Brent set pieces, he will chew them. Like that spinning <laughs> wheel and all the science props and just let him have it. Oh, that's so true. Especially when he, yeah, when he gets in confrontational. Uh, I love yeah, that. Yeah. So lore pretty quickly confronts Soong about like being left behind and why. And a lot of revelations occur where Data realized he was lied to. Uh, notably that he is, what is it? Not less perfect than lore. Yep. Is that mm-hmm. the phrase that he used? So, and it's like a self-realization. Um, but we see uh, these reactions, and it's a very human, familial, like Thanksgiving dinner, listen to the patriarch of the family thing. These two big, sort of big personalities in Data and Lore uh, come with their grievances, and Sung is just like, listen to me, sit down, and they both listen. Right. Well, he reveals that they're they're similar or I guess the same in their construction, but they are different in their programming. And he mentions to Data before Laura arrives that he gave him the choice to do whatever he wished. And he's like, why did you choose Starfleet? That's right. And this is where it kind of goes back to what you were questioning earlier, um, Xander, which is, is Data doing this or is Soong doing this? And it's like, the real mm. question is, is it a, is it always soon because he programmed data like it starts wow. to become a free will question really quickly no yeah. not at all because data becomes a product of his life experiences we have i mean established that mm-hmm. sure That's nature nature is a large part of who we are but nurture plays some effect especially in your knowledge and understanding mm-hmm. um and this is one of my favorite scenes ever just in terms of script writing mm. of the why starfleet and, and Ooh, why yeah. did you make me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And what a good answer from Sung, too, with the long, drawn-out 
uh, like immortality, basically. I'll tell you. Why does a painter paint? Why does a boxer box? Guess what Michelangelo said? His sculptures, he didn't create them. They were already living in that stone. He just took away the unneeded bits. I did it too, but mine was tougher. Uh, it, it was like, you're, you weren't made of marble. But, um, I made a human, kind of. But I love this really 10 steps away. Why are humans fascinated with old things? Yes. Hmm. The beginning of that journey. Uh, and Data, of course, always has very insightful answers. Um, humans lump the ancient. It's a shrine to be cherished because it's a tie to the past, mortality, continuity. It gives their life meaning and purpose. And then there's this thing that I don't really understand the implication of. Well, um, Sung asks, does continuity only go in one direction backwards uh, into the past? Right. Unless you <laughs> procreate. And that's the way well. you become immortal into the future. It's true. We've got a real connection to time and timelines. Mm -hmm. Well, especially as we quickly learn, Dr. Soon is dying, right? And that's when right. Laura's about to leave in a huff and Soon reveals this. And suddenly Laura really cares. Because the the core difference is that Laura is supposed to be the one with the feelings. Right. And so it's just that's why he acts the way he did because he had feelings but no nurture there was no uh like surrounding friends or anything like that to to help yeah and i mean he's deep in the fields notably he's the one whose feelings would be hurt if he was like abandoned whereas data wouldn't have felt that way at all right nope. so yeah sad circumstances yeah this Maybe is actually if you cared less i wouldn't abandon you so much <laughs> This is an old Star Trek trope that has been played with a lot with dealing with emotions and what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. We've seen it with Spock uh, and with Vulcans, like who repress their emotions yeah. or they don't. They feel more than humans. So it's something that, you know, the writers are maybe familiar with, but it's a trope we've seen. It's at this point, though, where we do reveal that Soong brought Data here to give him the emotion chip, the fabled emotion chip, right? Which uh, he explains is an upgrade really only for data, right? Doesn't he say yeah. something about that? Because it definitely won't work in anyone else if there was ever a case of someone else bit possibly working in. <laughs> yeah, why did he make this emotion chip? I mean, I guess Lore already has emotion. That's their main difference. And he He's didn't know that Lore still existed. Right. Well, he didn't. Just in case. He knew he was a faked death. Why would he think his robot children would be any different? Wow. Android. It's fair. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> but he hasn't really left his laboratory probably at all. His science lab <laughs> full of science instruments. Science cauldrons. Yeah. Uh, well, y y of course, go on. Yeah. Laura's about to do some shenanigans. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about it. Yeah, Laura, Laura does the old switcheroo, which is uh, a common thing he's done before. Because <laughs> no one can tell him apart. As soon as the uniform's off, you don't know who's who. And so yep. uh, Dr. Soon does end up uh, implanting the emotion chip into what he thinks is Data. But we get this really great shot of Brent Spiner's face as one of the androids. And you start to see the smirk appear. Gradually, yep. as he as he has a back and forth with Sung about his feelings, right? It's so well done. If only Lore could learn to smir smirk less, he'd get yeah, away with everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the real problem. But I love how gradual it is, and I also I love that shot. It almost feel felt like the lens was super wide or something like that. Yeah, right? there was a depth of field to it where yeah. one was really close to the 
lens. Which I feel like was a choice about the evilness of him. It's like a distortion. Of... Oh, and the lighting, mm-hmm. too, was very yeah dramatic. Yeah, and uh, what was his nickname that Laura started taunting Often him wrong. with? Often, Often wrong. Often wrong. Soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible rhyme. <laughs> it, wait, but his first name is Noonien. Yeah. Often wrong? It doesn't. I don't understand it. That's what I was saying. I don't get what that meant. I mean, I get it, he's often it seems wrong, but as if someone read on the page that it would be pronounced "song," Doctor Nunian song. Wrong. But we've established that it's uh, soon. Everybody says so, soon too. It's double O. Often rung. Right. <laughs> so that's why I often think something happened. Often rung soon. Regardless. Did uh, Lore, after taunting him, ends up throwing him. Are you sure? No, you're right. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Brent Spiner throws him. Brent Spiner throws apart. Brent Spiner. I really thought that it, this was what it would look like if Data was given emotion. That he yeah. would have become immediately evil, which I know we were supposed to think. But once again, I fell for it. Like, what does the chip do? Does the chip That's the do, like, random variables for reactions that are connected to memories that you're making synaptic? I don't know. It doesn't have well, synapses, Well, apparently right? he perfected it, but we still don't get to see it in action because it's in lore instead of data. Yeah. So we don't know yet. Is, yeah, and what's it like to lore? Is it like... Right. <laughs> Is it enhancing it? Yeah. Is it too much? Is he Is having a hormone imbalance? Right. right. Jake, you had really good emotional techno babble back there. Just wanted to say. <laughs> well, I am trying to figure it out. I'm like, okay, yeah. so if you're trying to program an Android to experience emotions as we understand them, it's all about being triggered by something in some way, whether that's a positive or a negative is how you interpret it and what your brain lights up that pathway to say, hey, give yourself this chemical. Yeah. You, you'll yeah. have that perception. I mean, we are essentially androids just firing different chemicals and cleaning them up and firing them again. So how should it be different? He just put some norepinephrine and dopamine and all the things up up in his circuits. That's okay. it. I hope a thousand years from now when they do notable quotes from the past, that's the one that lives past you, Becca. That one. We're all basically wow. just androids. Just a bunch of androids. Just Good. having chemicals and cleaning them up. Do you think they'll buy our t-shirts with the finger traps yes, on them? Yes, that will also last beyond us. Those will be immortal, but we will not. Yeah, we'll make indestructible t-shirts. Just like that finger trap. <laughs> there it is. But uh, but yeah, we see the relationship between Data and Laura's brothers and their relationship to Sung as a father. But we see it reflected in the brothers uh, that are human on the ship. And we get a timely reminder that everyone gets down there and lets them know that someone's dying. We need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, uh, uh, did we also um, talk about how they... Oh, the pattern buffer. They had to get off the ship somehow, but it was still locked up tight. And the only way to do it was to make the computer run a simulation to think everyone was data so they'd let them be able to transport by using some tricorders they strung together. Yep. That was so good. That was a sudden one. It's like, okay, we're going to make it think it's a bunch of datas and the computer should be okay with this. I hope we don't turn into him. (laughs) That was a a throwaway line, but I had the thought. I was like, I would like to see that, please. Can you imagine like Worf data and it's just give Brent Spiner all the roles, like Riker data. If the computer thinks it's data, wouldn't that his pattern be brought back in necessarily? Because they're not made of the same molecules, though. Well, a transporter... We I'll know it's back. it's just a cloning machine. Right. And that's another hint that that's exactly what it is. They are Things being destroyed. 
their bodies are turned into bits and blown out into space and they are reconstituted from the computer's memory. <laughs> but it's different if you have Alpha 3 uh, security clearance. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody has Alpha 3. <laughs> Worf, LaForge, and Riker manage to beam down to the planet after that. And they find Data in Lore's clothing, of course. And they activate mm-hmm. him back on. There's a cool shot of them holding him like a mannequin. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it is a mannequin or not. <laughs> it might have been. Where Brent he looks all stiff. You know I, it it's Brent. Been. You know it's he Brent. can do everything and he anything. Do anything. You know they brought in a mannequin and he's like, no. No, I got this. <laughs> I've been practicing Wait, all me. week. He, but he did study uh, sure. the technique of the mannequin first. Yeah, and then lived as a mannequin for at least a week beforehand. <laughs> the mannequin <Absolutely>. technique. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's he, method. he was in a Saks Fifth Avenue for a week doing <laughs> <laughs> method acting. You got in bed. Okay. And he has a he has one last chat with Soong as Soong dies, right? Uh, yeah. Who's who's dying from his injuries, and the Enterprise uh, needs to get the heck out of there to save sweet little Willie Potts. Yeah. Do you believe we are in some way alike? In many ways, then it will be all right for you to die because I will remain alive. Yeah. It's what he talked. About. What a sweet boy. Learn yeah, from right? his daddy. Yes, you live but on also, in me. It's the same actor. Wink, 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 wink. It's impossible. That's not. It can't be. Right. That's. Oh, wait. No, Laura, I forgot, was played by someone else. It was (laughs) Brett Spiner, right? That's correct. This is Brett Spinner. Yeah. The other one. (laughs) (laughs) He is a triplet. I swear to God. Well, when we meet Hannah Riker, you'll be able to tell it's Frakes. Anyway. He also says, you know, I can't grieve for you, father. And I was like, oh. And Soong says, yeah, I know. (sighs) Wow. So there's no one even to grieve for you in that time. Well, he says you will in your own way. Right. Exactly. Curse lore because he almost had the emotions to grieve for his dying father, which is probably why his father made that flash drive to begin with yeah. <laughs> which is great right. i love that like data believes that he can't grieve for him and so yeah gives him that that seed to just say you know not yet essentially and that'll, that'll be your journey this this emotion chip which i'm surprised i, I kind of forgot this is how it gets introduced and barely used because it it's not in even in way later. data yeah it does come it, it's a plot device in other star trek uh iterations for sure yeah i could yeah. use an emotion um, device where I could turn it off and on at will. That would be nice. Yeah. I wouldn't well, mind. That's called the Colinar and takes years of study on Vulcan. Uh, no. Ooh, okay. I'll become Vulcan. It's that ritual to suppress emotions, right? Is there the it colonar? is. All right. Um, but Colonarscopy? Is the fast way to get really a new like That is a great yeah. username for like Star Trek Online or something. <laughs> Colonarscopy69. It's the reverse procedure. <laughs> um, no, I did have like the criticism of Sung uh, being like, this chip is incredibly powerful, super easy to install. I'm tired, though. Gotta go take a nap. (laughs) But that does leave that little hint of, like, even if Sung is gone, it is easy to install, implying that if he's like, if you don't decide today that you want this down the line, it would be available to you. And he pretty much sets up this quest for data. Right. What kind of scientist doesn't make a backup? What if you spill one of your cauldron beakers on it? 
Ah, I see that you are new to Dr. Noonien's son. <laughs> <laughs> the he, person who made several backups of himself. He feels he, he feels like not someone who can produce a ton of like that thing over and over because he he's like a Leonardo right. da Vinci in a lot of ways. He he's all prototypes, thing. right? Yeah. Like that's what I felt was the comparison to him. And I'm glad they made a Michelangelo reference instead of Leonardo because he, he looks like a Leonardo, especially with like his hair for one thing. And also like the contraptions in his lab, as you mentioned, Xander, like mm. it feels like a, a there's a bunch of p- a spin wheel kind of things right. or like Rube Goldberg it's kind of It's a spinner machine. family tradition. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Well, as long as some Ninja Turtles are here, it's fine. <laughs> Michelangelo, whatever. <laughs> as long as some of them are represented. <laughs> yeah. We go back on the Enterprise and uh, Data fixes everything. And we get a, oh, we get a closure uh, with, oh, yeah. They do. The Sung is like, oh, by the, by the way, all those things I made you do, they're still there. And you could have been aware for it the whole time. Here's the key to unlock that. Doot, doot. And Data's like. Oh dang! Oops. All those things I took over the Enterprise. Oh, that kid's dying. Oh dang! Oh, you gotta go. right. I don't think people are gonna trust me anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but we learned Data's a really good gift giver because kids love dinosaur figurines. They do throughout the ages. <laughs> well, they they the kid the brothers who were obviously at odds because of what happened. Uh, finally are getting along and Crusher mentions this and a data says well or sorry data mentioned this and crusher says no they're brothers brothers forgive dun, 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 no data not you though no not, not you. you no not you. No, 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 no don't forgive him don't forgive him everybody forgot how he invited the crystalline entity in yeah oh, yeah. yeah and then now he's hijacked the enterprise so it's like all right data <laughs> how many strikes we're on like an 85 strike system with data right well it's sort of like a thor loki brother situation yeah <laughs> But he is super strong and super smart, so I still want him on my side. Mm-hmm. Producer Rick Berman's, actually, maybe writer? I don't remember. Uh, the initial story didn't involve lore. It was added at Michael Pillar's suggestion to believe the story needed an additional Jeopardy element. They recalled, we were standing going around uh, through Rick's story, and my feeling was that after reading his first draft, that the idea of Data going back to seeing Dr. Soong and the story of a child who was hurt in the practical joke were not enough elements to hold up the episode. Once Data goes back to Dr. Soong, it's basically a chat without some Jeopardy or other event to go on, and I was afraid that was going to be flat. So we talked about what we can do, and ultimately the obvious thing was to bring lore back i knew from the moment that we came up with it that brent spiner in three roles was going to make an unforgettable episode (laughs) and i think it was did he win like an emmy or something because he should have uh this was nominated i think for makeup i can't remember i I gotta look however we get it dig what a like slap in the face how many characters do i have to play and layers of them as as xander mentions you know he's lore pretending to be data right right. so good and hypnotize data on the bridge and everything the episode was nominated for an emmy award for outstanding achievement in makeup for a series that was the thing we hated the most (laughs) and we also forget that he's in makeup as Brent and, or as data and lore there's full-on android makeup happening there too so it's just so we're so used to that character that it's like oh yeah i think at this point he just dips his bolt head in a, in a bowl <laughs> yeah. of yellow paint and he just peels it off for the next day <laughs> yeah and then presses it back on latex skin latex skin that's actually what i'm wearing right now really mm-hmm. wow it looks great i didn't want to go through the effort Sure. I dipped my face in a bowl of makeup. Nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I didn't get an Emmy, though. <laughs> Did they win or just nominated? It, it said nominated. It would have said one if they won, I think. Uh, that, it, that it would? Yeah, that's Brothers, the second. Yeah, good. Good episode. Yeah, the second in the family trilogy that we're going through, apparently. Right, right. Because next week, it's Suddenly Human. Where the enter- suddenly human, <laughs> where the enterprise, where the enterprise crew discovers a young human boy being raised by the aliens who killed his parents. <gasps> That's fucked up. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next week. Let's head on over. Let's talk about it next week. Engage. Engage. Bye.